This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash tickersymboluyou. Let's start with this. Kathy Wood just released the latest episode of In the Know, her monthly video series where she talks about advanced technologies, stocks, and the broader markets. She offered a ton of great insights around how the war between Russia and Ukraine affects people and markets across the world, from stocks and bonds to commodities and even cryptocurrencies. I think that keeping up with the big picture of the markets this way is really valuable for investors, and I recommend watching the whole episode. I've linked it in the description below. If you're short on time, though, I've created a supercut of the highlights, and stick around to the end where I'll share my quick take on what I think is going on, and also show you two easy metrics that you can track for yourself. Your time is valuable, so let's get right into it, starting with the supercut of Kathy Wood's latest in the know. After a shock, the trends that were in motion tend to come back into motion. And 9-11, 2001, uh, we were in recession before. There was the tech and telecom bust, and uh, the shock made everything a little bit worse, a little rebound, and then back into that recession. Uh, And as you know, that was a right call for, for COVID. Well, in the last year, this fear of inflation and interest rates moving up and destroying uh, the valuations in the marketplace have have gripped the markets. It seems as though the algorithms were focused primarily on high valuation stocks. In our strategies, we own what look like very high valuation stocks in um, in the short term, if you're only looking at this year. And I do realize that investment time horizons shrink during times of turmoil. We now believe that Russia and Ukraine have turbocharged that shock and and actually hopefully moved it in into a period that is very cathartic and helps people understand that what's going on right now, from our point of view at least, is that Uh, The higher interest rates and higher inflation are acting like taxes on the system. And we've been talking for a while about this, about uh, consumption slowing down dramatically. If you look at retail sales, and I'm talking about real retail sales, take out the inflation and uh, real consumption. Uh, We've seen a dramatic uh, slowdown since, uh, since October, and we are beginning to see inventories pile up. All of that is working out the way we expected it to. Our surprise is that uh, many economists and strategists out there aren't putting two and two together. Uh, So now let's turn to monetary policy. Chairman Powell said the Fed would raise interest rates. He also did say when asked the question that he would get aggressive if inflation seemed to be embedding into the system. We are not expecting that. Why? Um, it comes back to this concept of velocity, the rate at which money turns over. So from the fourth quarter of 64 to the first quarter of 81, velocity increased 21%. 
And uh, what that meant at that time, at least, is many people, as soon as they um, got more income, they would buy goods and services, and especially goods, right away, as quickly as possible, because they were afraid prices would go up or interest rates, in the case of cars and other durable goods, would go up. So buy now before prices and interest rates go up. From the third quarter of 97 to uh, the fourth quarter of uh, 2021, Velocity has dropped 50%. And consumer sentiment would suggest that the next leg in velocity will be down. One of the metrics we uh, keep our eye on is energy consumption as a share of GDP. That is reaching a high that we have not seen since 0809. Every time it has reached that level, we we have gone into recession. I noticed today the White House is proposing a ban on Russian imports. Um, I think that Russian imports uh, account for roughly 3% of our energy imports. So that's not devastating, uh, but it will it will cause, uh, again, more problems. And it is why uh, one of the reasons prices are going up. We also know, as I mentioned before, that real retail sales and real consumption, if you average out the fluctuations over the last three months, look pretty flat, if not slightly down. Meanwhile, inventories are picking up pretty at a pretty rapid rate. Inventory to sales ratios, many people point out, are very low. But if consumption stops, inventories can build very quickly. And uh, then our supply chain problems will go away. Not the best way for that uh, to happen, but it, but it is true. Energy is the only sector that's up. It's up 33%. Uh, The worst performing sectors uh, are associated with the consumer. Again, um, I think the loss of purchasing power is a big problem for the consumer. Now that the fear is that the Fed is going to increase a number of times, uh, we're seeing short-term interest rates uh, up a lot, uh, certainly in the context of recent history, but long rates not going up as much. And so the yield curve has compressed to 25 basis points. Now, uh, we're, we're getting close to an inverted yield curve, meaning, meaning long rates uh, below short rates. And that is often a sign that the Fed is too tight and uh, real growth is going to disappoint and inflation uh, is going to be lower than expected. Uh, we think that is the case, and we've thought so for some time. Uh, commodities, they're on fire. We believe this is a supply problem, much more than a demand problem. I'm sure there's a scramble to build inventories of anything now, anything in the energy complex, uh, any of the metals that uh, come out of Russia, uh, food out of the breadbasket of the Ukraine. Uh, interestingly, the commodity price increases are in the face of the dollar increasing. Uh, the dollar increasing tends to put pressure on prices, uh, but this un- this supply problem and maybe inventory hoarding is overcoming that. The dollar is going up because it's a it's a, a flight to safety currency. And uh, we're also seeing other flights to safety. So the dollar is up about 2.5% since the end of January. Uh, And then the other two flights to safety we've seen, Bitcoin, 6.1%, and gold, 8.3%. 
We're seeing donations of both Bitcoin and Ether to the Ukraine. I think it's 50 million, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the last week. And uh, we're also seeing Bitcoin as a currency hedge for Russian citizens who uh, are watching the ruble um, get uh, hammered here. Tesla is providing free supercharging in Poland. Uh, Poland's taking in, of course, a lot of refugees. Uh, and of course, we know that longer term, uh, electric vehicles are going to help um, with the demand destruction of oil. Uh, I think the prices alone will destroy a, a lot of uh, demand for oil and accelerate the shift to uh, electric vehicles. And especially, uh, we believe robo taxis will be electric and they'll be on the road 50 to 60% of the day. So that acceleration away from oil will happen as we move into, into the autonomous realm. We're seeing, of course, the social platforms providing real, real time updates and providing you know, a, a glimpse into the horrors that are taking place there. And I think that has put a lot of pressure on um, financial institutions and others uh, to boycott uh, or stop doing business with Russia. It's terrible for Ru the, the Russian citizens who do not want this invasion. Uh, but uh, I think we've never seen uh, the financial system used as such a weapon uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works. The president of Ukraine uh, reached out to Elon Musk and say, "Hey, we're being cut off out uh, out there." And of course, Elon sent uh, Starlink to the rescue. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal that uh, we can continue to uh, communicate with these people. And again, everyone around the world can see the horror. Uh, that uh, that Ukraine is experiencing. Those are those are a few. I mean, there are many other on the medical front. Uh, there's a, a company called Butterfly, uh, which has sent hundreds, if not thousands, of point of care ultrasounds for medical triage and emergency uh, response. And uh, there's a company called 908 Devices, which is the o only mobile mass spec. Uh, machine broadly uh, that that enables uh, in the field detection of hazards, bioweapons, pollutants, uh, and uh, contaminants. So the private markets uh, certainly appreciate what innovation can do and will do uh, to help solve the problems that have have um, arisen from the coronavirus crisis. Uh, the supply chain problems now, uh, Russia and, and the Ukraine. So the big theme of the episode this month is that the market is getting things backwards. Inventories are piling up, not because supply chain issues are getting fixed, but because demand is down and the consumer has less purchasing power. Commodity prices are on fire, again, not because of demand, but because of lack of consistent supply. The Fed is raising interest rates to slow down systemic inflation, but inflation is being driven by very specific catalysts that won't always be around. Don't get me wrong, inflation in certain areas is very real. But as Kathy Wood pointed out, if it was persistent and widespread, people would be spending more money faster, simply out of fear that it would be worth even less in the future. But that's not what's been happening. And as a result, the worst performing market sectors have been the ones associated with the consumer. 
Worrying about inflation and demand when supplies are the issue leads to bad outcomes. For example, the Fed possibly overcorrecting with interest rates. Again, if everyone was able and willing to spend money, inventories wouldn't be piling up and money would be moving faster. When it comes to the effects of these things on growth stocks, I think there are two very easy metrics that will instantly make you a more informed investor. Let me walk you through them. The first is the 10-year treasury bond yield minus the two-year. Bond yields are a function of their price. If demand for a bond goes up, its price goes up, which means its yield goes down. Assuming the economy is stable, longer-term bonds should yield more than shorter-term bonds, so a bigger difference between the 2-year and the 10-year means that more near-term economic growth is being priced into the market. More growth means more inflation, which tends to lead to higher interest rates as we're seeing play out right now. When the difference between the 10-year and the 2-year approach is zero, as it has in the past, it implies economic uncertainty and that this kind of high economic growth period might be about to end. During this time, demand for bonds of all durations are roughly the same, so their difference is zero, which implies that people aren't sure what kind of investments they should be making, long-term, short-term, or something in between. And if the two-year bond starts yielding more than the 10-year, which doesn't happen very often, it means that the demand for the 10-year bond is higher and people are fleeing towards long-term safety. Less and less economic growth is getting priced into the market right now, which means that sentiment should be way down. This is a good one to bookmark and I'll leave it for you in the description below. Let's confirm this with the other metric I think you should really be tracking, which is CNN's Fear and Greed Index. The Fear and Greed Index looks at how fearful or greedy people in the market are being, but instead of using bond yields, it combines a few different looks at stocks and bonds. As of Friday's close, we're in extreme fear territory, and that's for a few different reasons. Over the last couple months, there have been more and more stocks hitting yearly lows relative to those hitting yearly highs. That number is now still moving sideways. We really want to see this trend reverse and say stable, not choppy. Speaking of choppy, the market is very choppy right now. The VIX is the volatility index of the S&P 500, and normal market volatility is anywhere between 12 and 20. The VIX staying up around 30 means that the market is behaving very erratically. As a result, bonds have outperformed stocks by over 4% during the last 20 trading days. This is some of the weakest performance of stocks relative to bonds over the last two years, indicating that investors are fleeing away from stocks toward the safety of bonds. And of course, the S&P 500 itself is around 5% below its 125-day moving average, and it's moved there pretty fast. Sharp declines in such a broad index indicate pretty widespread fear in the markets. This is why we've been bouncing around between fear and extreme fear over the last two months. If you're trying to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, now you at least know what everyone else is doing. In my opinion, Kathy Wood is right about the Russia-Ukraine conflict causing a shock in the market for growth stocks and driving them to new one-year lows. And we can see that in the most recent leg down from fear to extreme fear. So even if you don't have time to keep up with every single news item swaying the market one way or the other, this fear and greed index is a great way to keep up with how everything together is getting priced in. And remember, just because the market is showing extreme fear right now doesn't mean that it can't go lower, like it did in March of 2020. So what I'm looking for now is for the difference between the 10-year bond yield and the 2-year yield to start trending in the other direction, as well as a steady and consistent reversal in this fear and greed index. In my opinion, if the Fed really watched these kinds of indicators, they wouldn't be so quick to sharply raise interest rates. If you want to keep up with my real-time thoughts on this continued market downturn, feel free to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, even TikTok. I share smaller tidbits and insights on those platforms whenever I find something new. 
Either way, stay long, stay strong, and thanks for watching. Until next time, this is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.